Today on Commuter Bible, King Saul spirals in despair until he meets his end at the hands of the Philistines. It's 1 Samuel chapters 26 through 31 and Proverbs chapter 30 verses 18 through 33. This is Commuter Bible, the audio Bible podcast to match your weekly schedule. I'm your host, John Ross. Today, Saul sets his sight on David once more, bringing 3,000 men with him, but David again has compassion on him. David and his men defect from Israel and escape to Philistine territory, where the king gives them the city of Ziklag. Later, as Saul faces the Philistine armies, he becomes fearful and tries to consult the Lord, but God does not respond. Being more concerned for himself than for God's glory, Saul consults a medium and, in a totally backwards way, attempts to consult the man of God who had anointed him as Israel's king so many years ago. In the end, the Philistines claim victory over Saul and his sons, and after being mortally wounded, Saul takes his own life. 1 Samuel chapters 26 through 31. Then the Ziphites came to Saul at Gibeah, saying, David is hiding on the hill of Hekelah, opposite Jeshimon. So Saul, accompanied by three thousand of the fit young men of Israel, went immediately to the wilderness of Ziph to search for David there. Saul camped beside the road at the hill of Hekelah, opposite Jeshimon. David was living in the wilderness and discovered Saul had come there after him. So David sent out spies and knew for certain that Saul had come. Immediately, David went to the place where Saul had camped. He saw the place where Saul and Abner, son of Ner, the commander of his army, were lying down. Saul was lying inside the inner circle of the camp, with the troops camped around him. Then David asked Ahimelech the Hethite and Joab's brother Abishai, son of Zeruiah, Who will go with me into the camp of Saul? I'll go with you, answered Abishai. That night, David and Abishai came to the troops, and Saul was lying there asleep in the inner circle of the camp with his spear stuck in the ground by his head. Abner and the troops were lying around him. Then Abishai said to David, Today God has delivered your enemy to you. Let me thrust the spear through him into the ground just once. I won't have to strike him twice. But David said to Abishai, Don't destroy him, for who can lift a hand against the Lord's anointed and be innocent? David added, As the Lord lives, the Lord will certainly strike him down. Either his day will come and he will die, or he will go into battle and perish. However, as the Lord is my witness, I will never lift my hand against the Lord's anointed. Instead, Take the spear and the water jug by his head, and let's go. So David took the spear and the water jug by Saul's head, and they went their way. No one saw them, no one knew, and no one woke up. They all remained asleep because a deep sleep from the Lord came over them. David crossed to the other side and stood on the top of the mountain at a distance. There was a considerable space between them. Then David shouted to the troops and to Abner, son of Ner, Aren't you going to answer, Abner? Who are you who calls to the king? Abner asked. David called to Abner, 
You're a man, aren't you? Who in Israel is your equal? So, why didn't you protect your Lord, the king, when one of the people came to destroy him? What you have done is not good. As the Lord lives, all of you deserve to die since you didn't protect your Lord, the Lord's anointed. Now look around. Where are the king's spear and water jug that were by his head? Saul recognized David's voice and asked, Is that your voice, my son David? It is my voice, my lord and king, David said. Then he continued, Why is my lord pursuing his servant? What have I done? What crime have I committed? Now may my lord the king please hear the words of his servant. If it is the Lord who has incited you against me, then may he accept an offering. But if it is people, may they be cursed in the presence of the Lord. For today they have banished me from sharing in the inheritance of the Lord, saying, Go and worship other gods. So don't let my blood fall to the ground far from the Lord's presence. For the king of Israel has come out to search for a single flea, like one who pursues a partridge in the mountains. Saul responded, I have sinned. Come back, my son David. I will never harm you again, because today you considered my life precious. I have been a fool. I've committed a grave error. David answered, Here is the king's spear. Have one of the young men come over and get it. The Lord will repay every man for his righteousness and his loyalty. I wasn't willing to lift my hand against the Lord's anointed, even though the Lord handed you over to me today. Just as I considered your life valuable today, may the Lord consider my life valuable and rescue me from all trouble. Saul said to him, You are blessed, my son David. You will certainly do great things and will also prevail. Then David went on his way, and Saul returned home. David said to himself, One of these days I'll be swept away by Saul. There is nothing better for me than to escape immediately to the land of the Philistines. Then Saul will give up searching for me everywhere in Israel, and I'll escape from him. So David set out with his six hundred men and went over to Achish, son of Maok, the king of Gath. David and his men stayed with Achish in Gath. Each man had his family with him, and David had his two wives, Ahinoam of Jezreel and Abigail of Carmel, Nabal's widow. When it was reported to Saul that David had fled to Gath, he no longer searched for him. Now David said to Achish, If I have found favor with you, 
Let me be given a place in one of the outlying towns, so I can live there. Why should your servant live in the royal city with you? That day, Achish gave Ziklag to him, and it still belongs to the kings of Judah today. The length of time that David stayed in Philistine territory amounted to a year and four months. David and his men went up and raided the Geshurites, the Gerizites, and the Amalekites. From ancient times, they had been the inhabitants of the region through Shur as far as the land of Egypt. Whenever David attacked the land, he did not leave a single person alive, either man or woman, but he took flocks, herds, donkeys, camels, and clothing. Then he came back to Achish, who inquired, Where did you raid today? David replied, The south country of Judah, the south country of the Jeromeolites, or the south country of the Kenites. David did not let a man or woman live to be brought to Gath, for he said, Or they will inform on us and say, This is what David did. This was David's custom during the whole time he stayed in the Philistine territory. So Achish trusted David, thinking, Since he has made himself repulsive to his people Israel, he will be my servant forever. At that time, the Philistines gathered their military units into one army to fight against Israel. So Achish said to David, You know, of course, that you and your men must march out in the army with me. David replied to Achish, Good. You will find out what your servant can do. So Achish said to David, Very well. I will appoint you as my permanent bodyguard. By this time, Samuel had died. All Israel had mourned for him and buried him in Ramah, his city, and Saul had removed the mediums and spiritists from the land. The Philistines gathered and camped at Shunem. So Saul gathered all Israel, and they camped at Gilboa. When Saul saw the Philistine camp, he was afraid, and his heart pounded. He inquired of the Lord, but the Lord did not answer him, in dreams, or by the Urim, or by the prophets. Saul then said to his servants, Find me a woman who is a medium, so I can go and consult her. His servants replied, There is a woman at Endor who is a medium. Saul disguised himself by putting on different clothes and set out with two of his men. They came to the woman at night 
And Saul said, Consult a spirit for me. Bring up for me the one I tell you. But the woman said to him, You surely know what Saul has done, how he has cut off the mediums and spiritists from the land. Why are you setting a trap for me to get me killed? Then Saul swore to her by the Lord, As surely as the Lord lives, no punishment will come to you from this. Who is it that you want me to bring up for you? The woman asked. Bring up Samuel for me, he answered. When the woman saw Samuel, she screamed, and then she asked Saul, Why did you deceive me? You are Saul! But the king said to her, Don't be afraid. What do you see? I see a spirit form coming up out of the earth, the woman answered. Then Saul asked her, What does he look like? An old man is coming up, she replied. He's wearing a robe. Then Saul knew that it was Samuel, and he knelt low with his face to the ground and paid homage. Why have you disturbed me by bringing me up? Samuel asked Saul. I'm in serious trouble, replied Saul. The Philistines are fighting against me, and God has turned away from me. He doesn't answer me anymore, either through the prophets or in dreams. So I've called on you to tell me what I should do. Samuel answered, Since the Lord has turned away from you and has become your enemy, why are you asking me? The Lord has done exactly what he said through me. The Lord has torn the kingship out of your hand and given it to your neighbor David. You did not obey the Lord and did not carry out his burning anger against Amalek. Therefore, the Lord has done this to you today. The Lord will also hand Israel over to the Philistines along with you. Tomorrow, You and your sons will be with me, and the Lord will hand Israel's army over to the Philistines. Immediately, Saul fell flat on the ground. He was terrified by Samuel's words and was also weak because he had not eaten anything all day and all night. The woman came over to Saul, and she saw that he was terrified and said to him, Look, your servant has obeyed you. I took my life in my hands and did what you told me to do. Now please listen to your servant. Let me get some food in front of you. Eat, and it will give you strength so you can go on your way. He refused, saying, I won't eat. But when his servants and the woman urged him, he listened to them. He got up off the ground and sat on the bed. The woman had a fattened calf at her house, and she quickly slaughtered it. She also took flour, kneaded it, and baked unleavened bread. She served it to Saul and his servants, and they ate. Afterward, they got up and left that night. The Philistines brought all their military units together at Aphek, while Israel was camped at the springs in Jezreel. 
As the Philistine leaders were passing in review with their units of hundreds and thousands, David and his men were passing in review behind them with Achish. Then the Philistine commanders asked, What are these Hebrews doing here? Achish answered the Philistine commanders, That is David, servant of King Saul of Israel. He has been with me a considerable period of time. From the day he defected until today, I've found no fault with him. The Philistine commanders, however, were enraged with Achish and told him, Send that man back and let him return to the place you assigned him. He must not go down with us into battle, only to become our adversary during the battle. What better way could he ingratiate himself with his master than with the heads of our men? Isn't this the David they sing about during their dances? Saul has killed his thousands, but David his tens of thousands? So Achish summoned David and told him, As the Lord lives, you are an honorable man. I think it is good to have you fighting in this unit with me, because I have found no fault in you from the day you came to me until today. But the leaders don't think you are reliable. Now go back quietly, and you won't be doing anything the Philistine leaders think is wrong. But what have I done? David replied to Achish. From the day I entered your service until today, what have you found against your servant to keep me from going to fight against the enemies of my lord the king? Achish answered David, I'm convinced that you are as reliable as an angel of God. But the Philistine commanders have said, He must not go into battle with us. So get up early in the morning, you and your master's servants who came with you. When you've all gotten up early, go as soon as it's light. So David and his men got up early in the morning to return to the land of the Philistines. And the Philistines went up to Jezreel. David and his men arrived in Ziklag on the third day. The Amalekites had raided the Negev and attacked and burned Ziklag. They also had kidnapped the women and everyone in it from the youngest to the oldest. They had killed no one, but had carried them off as they went on their way. When David and his men arrived at the town, they found it burned. Their wives, sons, and daughters had been kidnapped. David and the troops with him wept loudly until they had no strength left to weep. David's two wives, Ahinoam the Jezreelite and Abigail the widow of Nabal the Carmelite, had also been kidnapped. David was in an extremely difficult position because the troops talked about stoning him, for they were all very bitter over the loss of their sons and daughters. But David found strength in the Lord his God. David said to the priest Abiathar, son of Ahimelech, Bring me the ephod. So Abiathar brought it to him, and David asked the Lord, Should I pursue these raiders? Will I overtake them? The Lord replied to him, Pursue them, for you will certainly overtake them and rescue the people. So David and the six hundred men with him went. They came to the Wadi Besor, where some stayed behind. 
David and 400 of the men continued the pursuit, while 200 stopped because they were too exhausted to cross the Wadi Besor. David's men found an Egyptian in the open country and brought him to David. They gave him some bread to eat and water to drink. Then they gave him some pressed figs and two clusters of raisins. After he ate, he revived, for he hadn't eaten food or drunk water for three days and three nights. Then David said to him, Who do you belong to? Where are you from? I'm an Egyptian, the slave of an Amalekite man, he said. My master abandoned me when I got sick three days ago. We raided the south country of the Cherethites, the territory of Judah, and the south country of Caleb, and we burned Ziklag. David then asked him, Will you lead me to these raiders? He said, Swear to me by God that you won't kill me or turn me over to my master, and I will lead you to them. So he led them, and there were the Amalekites, spread out over the entire area, eating, drinking, and celebrating because of the great amount of plunder they had taken from the land of the Philistines and the land of Judah. David slaughtered them from twilight until the evening of the next day. None of them escaped, except 400 young men who got on camels and fled. David recovered everything the Amalekites had taken. He also rescued his two wives. Nothing of theirs was missing from the youngest to the oldest, including the sons and daughters, and all the plunder the Amalekites had taken. David got everything back. He took all the flocks and herds, which were driven ahead of the other livestock, and the people shouted, This is David's plunder! When David came to the 200 men who had been too exhausted to go with him and had been left at the Wadi Besor, they came out to meet him and to meet the troops with him. When David approached the men, he greeted them, but all the corrupt and worthless men among those who had gone with David argued, Because they didn't go with us, we will not give any of the plunder we recovered to them, except for each man's wife and children. They may take them and go. But David said, My brothers, you must not do this with what the Lord has given us. He protected us and handed over to us the raiders who came against us. Who can agree to your proposal? The share of the one who goes into battle is to be the same as the share of the one who remains with the supplies. They will share equally. And it has been so from that day forward. David established this policy as a law and an ordinance for Israel, and it still continues today. When David came to Ziklag, he sent some of the plunder to his friends, the elders of Judah, saying, Here is a gift for you from the plunder of the Lord's enemies. 
He sent gifts to those in Bethel, in Ramoth of the Negev, and in Jatir, to those in Arawer, in Sifmoth, and in Eshtemoah, to those in Rachel, in the towns of the Jeromelites, and in the towns of the Kenites, to those in Horma, in Borashan, and in Athic, to those in Hebron, and to those in all the places where David and his men had roamed. The Philistines fought against Israel, and Israel's men fled from them and were killed on Mount Gilboa. The Philistines pursued Saul and his sons, and killed his sons Jonathan, Abinadab, and Malkishua. When the battle intensified against Saul, the archers found him and severely wounded him. Then Saul said to his armor-bearer, Draw your sword and run me through with it, or these uncircumcised men will come and run me through and torture me. But his armor-bearer would not do it because he was terrified. Then Saul took his sword and fell on it. When his armor-bearer saw that Saul was dead, he also fell on his own sword and died with him. So on that day, Saul died together with his three sons, his armor-bearer, and all his men. When the men of Israel on the other side of the valley and on the other side of the Jordan saw that Israel's men had fled and that Saul and his sons were dead, they abandoned the cities and fled. So the Philistines came and settled in them. The next day, when the Philistines came to strip the slain, they found Saul and his three sons dead on Mount Gilboa. They cut off Saul's head, stripped off his armor, and sent messengers throughout the land of the Philistines to spread the good news in the temples of their idols and among the people. Then they put his armor in the temple of the Ashtoreths and hung his body on the wall of Bethshan. When the residents of Jabesh-Gilead heard what the Philistines had done to Saul, all their brave men set out, journeyed all night, and retrieved the body of Saul and the bodies of his sons from the wall of Bethshan. When they arrived at Jabesh, they burned the bodies there. Afterward, they took their bones and buried them under the tamarisk tree in Jabesh and fasted seven days. Proverbs 30 verses 18 through 33. Three things are too wondrous for me. Four, I can't understand. The way of an eagle in the sky, the way of a snake on a rock, the way of a ship at sea, and the way of a man with a young woman. This is the way of an adulteress. She eats and wipes her mouth and says, I've done nothing wrong. The earth trembles under three things. It cannot bear up under four. A servant when he becomes king, a fool when he is stuffed with food, an unloved woman when she marries, and a servant girl when she ousts her queen. Four things on earth are small, yet they are extremely wise. Ants are not a strong people, yet they store up their food in the summer. Hyraxes are not a mighty people, 
yet they make their homes in the cliffs. Locusts have no king, yet all of them march in ranks. A lizard can be caught in your hands, yet it lives in king's palaces. Three things are stately in their stride, four are stately in their walk. A lion, which is mightiest among beasts, and doesn't retreat before anything. A strutting rooster, a goat, and a king at the head of his army. If you have been foolish by exalting yourself, or if you've been scheming, put your hand over your mouth. For the churning of milk produces butter, and twisting a nose draws blood, and stirring up anger produces strife. That is the end of the book of 1 Samuel, but as many of you know, the account continues on uninterrupted in 2 Samuel. Before we jump into that book, we'll have a New Testament commercial break, so to speak, as we read Philippians in its entirety. That'll be our next episode. Then we'll be back into the storyline of King David. Subscribe to Commuter Bible on your podcast app if you haven't done so yet, and make it easier on yourself to get episodes five days a week. Also, if you ever want to know the schedule, you can go to commuterbible.com, scroll down to the bottom, and click Documents. Today's episode was narrated and orchestrated by me, John Ross, and co-produced by Bobby Brown, Eric Williamson, and the Christian Standard Bible. Thanks for listening, and remember, happy is the one whose delight is in the Lord's instruction, and he meditates on it day and night. Day and night.